Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stopper and Brendan Escott joining you on Oilers Now. Uh, it is currently 12.33 in Edmonton. Guests of the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night in the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Just had Jay Woodcroft uh, on the show. And... Uh, well, I think there's a fair amount of excitement in oil country about Jay Woodcroft. One of the guys that uh, sort of broke that was Kevin Weeks on Saturdays at the Stanley Cup Championship Final. And uh, we might be able to squeeze Kevin in here. We just need to uh, uh, negotiate a little bit of a window here. Quick couple texts. Brendan, you just let me know whether or not we're good to go. Um, yep, should be all right. This text comes in, Bob. It really shows that the writers, uh, what the writers know about hockey when they vote the way they did. Well, I think that Austin Matthews had a heck of a year. Embarrassing embarrassing for the league. It was what it was. We'll get to that later. Quickly, for our friends at Canadian Power Pack, we got about a six or seven minute window. We head down to Tampa Bay. Kevin Weeks joins us from uh, ESPN and the NHL Network. Kevin, how are you doing? I'm great, thanks. How are you doing, Bob? What's good, going on? Good. Are you making the, the walk uh, from Amelie Arena to the oh. hotel? I'm actually in the lobby now. Four shows deep already done for the day. I'm in the lobby. I'm waiting for my lunch at the bar to bring up to the room. Get back up there. You know the routine. I, I do that routine. I do that you know routine. routine. <laughs> quick, quick shower, turn around, and be and, back at the rink in another four or five shows. You know how it goes. All right. Uh, hey, you know. hey uh, we know how well Connor and Leon played in the course of the playoffs. Should there should Oilers fans feel slighted in any way that Austin Matthews won the MVP and you know won the Hart uh, won the Lindsay McDavid didn't uh, and the fact that uh, Matthews and Marner ended up on the first All Star team and McDavid was on the second All Star team and Drysaddle wasn't on Earth on either do you think that matters much at the end of the day? I don't think it matters much, but I will say this: I definitely think Drysaddle is you know a first. A first uh, team all-star, second team all-star for sure. Let's make no mistake about it. He's one of the best players in the world. We obviously know what we think about Connor as well. I can go on about him. Yeah. Uh, Austin Matthews. Austin Matthews had Great year. Uh, a season for the ages for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I can tell you that. As did Leon and, and Connor for the Oil. But one thing I will say is what Austin did 
and what he's doing is better than any Leaf player I've seen. I'm 47 years old, and I grew up in Toronto, so I can only reference what I've seen and also what I've played against. I played against the great Doug Gilmore, the great Matt Sinti, all the flavors. Uh, you know, I grew up watching great players and with five score 50, Steve Thomas, but what Austin Matthews has done to this point in his career, he's off to the best start of any, he's off to the best start of any Toronto Maple Leaf player in their career that I've ever seen. It's, I've, it's that magical. Yeah. I, hey, you know what? And we got lots of texters that didn't, you know, I just said, Hey, it is what it is. You move on. Uh, love the, you know, the orders were an exciting team. They played a lot of close games in the playoffs. You surprised Kevin seven, nothing shutout victory for Colorado in game two and six, two for Tampa Bay in game three. What's going on here? We're going to have a close game like game one. When, what do you think? I think today's a three, two. I think tonight will be a three, two game. It wouldn't surprise me if it was a three, two game tonight. Just, uh, just based on these two teams. When you look at these two teams, I see a lot of them looking in the mirror at each other. What I mean by that is Colorado is right now where Tampa was in 2015, right, in terms of the team in 2015, in terms of an amazing team with incredible talent, with a lot of superstars, but they hadn't yet known how to win. They were learning how to win. I see the Colorado Avalanche have done a great job in learning how to win. The Avs have really learned what it takes to win uh, to this point, and I think that's what's, that's what's making it such a fair fight and such a compelling matchup. So uh, there's so much offense to look at. And, and ju- this just in, too, this just in for a lot of the fans out there in E-Town, Alberta. Imagine Kadri's going to be back in the lineup, yep. which is going to be huge. So Kadri's going to draw back in uh, coming off his injury. Kutrov is going to be back in as well. So there, I, I, I project, to project rather this one to be a 3-2 game. All right. That's well, my thought, I think. Well, we'll make it quick. Uh, you you yeah. do this little deal where you're breaking news, and uh, on Saturday night you put out Jay Woodcroft three-year deal and ultimately got consummated Monday. Your thoughts on his extension? I think it's great. You know, I, as you and I spoke out there. You were the first one to have it out there that, that it was in the works. Uh, I think it's great for the Oilers, and reason being, he's somebody that can relate to their group and where they are now with this many young players. He's done a great job, as you've been alluding to, at Bakersfield, helping to develop a lot of young players like Yamamoto, like Bouchard, guys that became fixtures in, in the lineup uh, en route to the playoffs and, of course, in the playoffs as well. He's growing with this group. I've known Jay. We've played minor hockey against each other since we were kids. He's worked exceptionally hard to get to where he is as well. He's earned everything. Nothing's been handed to him. He learned a lot under Todd McCollin and being a part of that staff. I think that he's a bright young coach. I love the signing. I think he's going to be great for the oil, and it brings that continuity that they need in their group going forward. All right, Kevin, we know we only got you for five minutes. Thanks for jumping on and joining us on a busy day, and we'll touch base next week, okay? Anytime. Thanks for having me on, Stoff. You bet. That is Kevin Weeks. Kevin Weeks' appearances on Oilers Now are brought to you by Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication and solar. Kevin Weeks from the NHL Network and ESPN. And again, for Canadian Power Pack, Kevin joins us normally on Thursdays. Brian Lawton um, was tied up today, so he's going to join us on tomorrow's show. Kevin's flying tomorrow uh, back from Colorado or back to Colorado from Tampa Bay. Canadian Power Pack, again, is Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication, and solar. I also want to mention to you that the end-of-the-year orders merchandise sale is taking place on Friday and Saturday from noon until 6 p.m. at Ford Hall in Rogers Place. Open to the public, 50% off for all home and away jerseys, 50% off for all playoff items, and up to 50% off for select Oilers apparel 
and novelties. It is currently 1239 in Edmonton, and we are going to head into Oilers Now Audio Vault for direct workwear, specialized to work with your business, outfit your crew from head to toe in Edmonton and Fort McMurray. Edmonton Oilers General Manager Ken Holland, Jay Woodcroft did an availability at 10 a.m. today. We had Jay and Oilers Now at 1210, but here is Ken Holland's thoughts on why Woodcroft is the right man for the job with the Oilers. First off, um, the way the team responded to him, I mean, obviously we're in a results-oriented business, and when Jay took over, I think we were six or seven points out of a playoff spot. What were we? I was reading 26-9-3 and three or something. The last 38 games last year, we played it in the top five in terms of points, and obviously uh, we, we, we went and went to the final four. So, you know, number one, uh, Jay delivered. You know, he came in and... Uh, made the decisions that were needed to make and, and the team responded and we, our team played at a high level. And then I think in fact, as, as Jay talked, they talked about resume, you know, Jay's been in this, in the national hockey league since 2005, 06, uh, three years as a video coach working with uh, under Mike Babcock and Todd McClellan. Then he, then he went from being uh, a video coach. He went to the bench to be an assistant coach with Todd in, uh, in San Jose. And then he came here to, uh, to, to, to Edmonton with, with uh, Todd. Then he went back to the American league to be a head coach. So he's paid his dues. It's, it's, it's not like he's, he, he was a first-year NHL head coach coming into this season, but you know he's been in this in this uh, in the National Hockey League for what 15, 16, 17 years, waiting for this opportunity. So I, I think it's you know it's it's a combination of a whole lot of things. It's a combination of um, being in a results-oriented business. Um, he delivered. The team delivered under his watch. Uh, in talking to the players in the exit meetings, they all believe in his direction. In his, they all believe in his leadership. Um, they, they believe in his communication. Um, and then, and then again, from my point of view, it's, I look at the resume and, uh, um, he's, he's paid his dues and, and, and learned from a lot of the top people and went back to the American league and where you make decisions and some work and some don't, and you, you, you wait for your opportunity, um, to eventually be a head coach at the NHL level. So I think it's a combination of, a. Uh, of, of a lot of things that uh, ultimately factored into the decision that uh, I made to uh, to bring Jay back. That is Edmonton Oilers General Manager Ken Holland, a three-year deal. Uh, Pierre Lebrun reporting three years at $2 million per. Uh, we mentioned that price point yesterday relative to Lane Lambert. Uh, and, of course, uh, or I guess Lane Lambert. Um thinking old school when he had one of the greatest fights of all time, Rock'em Sock'em Robots with Jim Benning. I mean, it was an absolute beauty where they just stood back in a punch-in-the-face contest but Lambert has uh, applied his craft for a number of years as the right-hand man with Barry Trotz who certainly appears as though he is headed to the Winnipeg Jets and I think that's kind of ultimately, uh, I'll mention to you that Gil Scott is the agent of Barry Trotz uh, and I believe uh, Lane Lambert as well and uh so numbers are numbers. Now, coaches, in my opinion, should have input on uh, managerial decisions in terms of player personnel. I mean, they're the guys ultimately responsible of coaching the player. I'll give you an example. The owners, really, when you think about it, how many players didn't take a step forward or accelerate their pace under Jay Woodcroft? Off the top here, just you can text us. And we'll get back to some of the uh, stuff on Matthews and McDavid and Marner and Drysettle. We'll get to some of those texts because a bunch have come in, and I, I, I'm going to circle back to it. But I do think it's important that a head coach has some influence in some of the decisions that are made in terms of the personnel, especially in shorter-term deals. Here's Ken Holland's response when I asked him that question earlier today. 
the coaches behind the bench and has to coach the team. So I always, um, as heading into the off season, I, I've always asked um, the head coach his thoughts on the team, his thoughts on each individual player, his thoughts on, um, you know, what he would like to see us accomplish over the off season. I, I, I also ask, uh, you know, the, the captain and the, the leadership group of, whether I was in Detroit or in Edmonton. So, you know, then you, then you have your pro scout meetings and you get their opinions and you go through your analytics and, and you ultimately work your way towards um, decision-making time. So Jay will obviously, uh, Jay and I have talked, you know, some about the team. Um, We're going to have pro scout meetings here shortly. Jay's going to, you know, be sitting in and give Jay an opportunity to uh, tell our group what, um, what he's thinking. And then uh, there's a salary cap. You know, there's now you now you see what you can make happen. So Jay will have influence um, in in the sense that uh, he and I are going to talk on a regular basis, and uh, I think we've 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 worked together before. So uh, and I think we, we both want the same things. We want we want to find a way to make the team a little bit different, a little bit better. Um, and and obviously there's salary cap constraints. All right. Uh, one more little update for you, and that's on Evander Kane, because there's been a lot of questions uh, regarding Kane. Uh, the orders with a couple. Uh, we know now, obviously, that Miko Koskinen has signed in Logano. We knew that during the course of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Two primary areas of focus for pending UFAs have been Evander Kane and Brett Kulak. I can tell you that Ken Holland met with Jerry Johansson, the Edmonton-based agent from the Sports Corporation, uh, and had a conversation around Kulak. That occurred Monday. Um, there is discussion point on varying lengths of term right now, and we'll see whether or not Kulak uh, ultimately does decide to stay at Edmonton. I think the term length would be totally up to uh, Brett, uh, be it two, three, or four years. Uh, in Evander Kane's situation, there's a lot to unpack, especially given the fact that the San Jose Sharks um, may end up ultimately with Kane's rights. You never know. You never know what the arbitrator is going to decide, and the arbitrator isn't available until <laughs> after free agency, which really complicates matters. Here's Oilers GM Ken Holland on Evander Kane's contract situation and the Oilers' attempts to potentially re-sign him. You know, that's a great question. I, I, I mean, obviously, I don't really have an answer for you because it's, I guess, it's sort of uncharted waters. So I'm trying to gather as much information as I can. Obviously, Bob Nicholson was at the Board of Governors meetings. I know Bill Daly addressed the Board of Governors. You know, I've had multiple talks with uh, with uh, Dan Milstein. Dan was actually in in um, Edmonton uh, for a couple of days here. We obviously, we had uh, lots of time also to talk about Evander. So, like I said, it's uncharted waters. I don't, I don't really have an answer for you because it's, it's, it's not like this situation happens on a, on a regular basis. So um, I don't, I don't really have an answer for you. I'm just going to try to, we're going to try to do the best that we can based on the information that we have. Certainly the hope is to be able to uh, bring Evander back, but Obviously, there's lots of there's lots of there's this situation. Obviously, there's the cap. There's the certainly Evander and his agent. They're 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 wants and needs, and and uh, um, hopefully everything aligns up that we can bring him back. There you go. That is Edmonton Oilers general manager Ken Holland. It's 12:47 in Edmonton. So I'm going to throw it out there for you. We've heard from Jay Woodcroft. We've heard some comments from Ken Holland. I briefly hit on the Austin Matthews winning uh, the the heart and the Lindsay. I mean, the players voted. So in the players' eyes, the best player this year, that was, in their eyes, it was Austin Matthews. Now, again, this is a regular season vote. Like we all know in the playoffs, 
Uh, I think Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl would gladly trade 33 and 32 points in 16 games uh, for neither one of them ending up uh, being the Hart Trophy winner this year. McDavid winning the Art Ross. Uh, McDavid did finish second in the Hart voting. Is it a slight against Edmonton? Uh, I think it might be easier to win it in Toronto. I, I do, all, and, and maybe I'll get into some reasons why, and maybe a little bit of history. Maybe I'll even tell a tale out of school about one of the guys that came here and coached the team that came from Toronto. Uh, 1248 in Edmonton, and we'll get to some of your texts when we return on Oilers Now. I think we can all acknowledge Colorado's got a hell of a team. Um, their people think they're about a year ahead of the Oilers. So that's good. That bodes well for Edmonton. Edmonton's got some work to do. They're going to have to improve the roster. We all know that. But you wonder what would have happened had Dry Settle and Nurse been healthy against the Avs. Like, would Colorado probably won this year? Absolutely. They were the better team. But... You know, there were three games that were one-goal games. Set that, that game one, that 7-6 game, that was a wild one. Um, you know, if those guys are completely healthy, can you swing one of those games? Maybe. Game three at home, you got a chance to win that game. Bouchard hits the go post. They come back down. Bouch gets beat on inside positioning by a coffer, makes a heck of a play. Mike Smith probably would like to add three two goal back. And then the wild one that ended up six five in overtime. But you, you give Colorado credit. They battled and, and they've been at this for a while. Hopefully the orders at the point where they're making that happen as well. And uh, the injuries to Darnell Nurse certainly played a factor. All right, I, I, I'm going to get some thoughts here in the whole situation. Terry has texted us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. He says, typical Oilers broadcasting, give credit where it's due. The awards are for the regular season. Ted Lindsay is voted upon by the players. That says it all. Matthews deserved every trophy this year. That text to us becomes, uh, is, is a range out there at 780-496-0063. Uh, Jimbo says, of course it's easier to win if you play in Toronto. TSN promotes... Matthews big time from Jimbo. I think TSN's got a lot of really talented broadcasters. Like I think Craig Button, who's based in Calgary, is an excellent analyst. Um, but I do think both Rogers and TSN go out of their way to promote the Leafs. They have to. It's Ontario's a 14.4 million person market. Okay, and there's things that have occurred this year. A case in point uh, with both Rogers, NHL Hockey, and Rogers. And the score was social media uh, basically trolling the Oilers fan bases after they were eliminated by Colorado. That I'm not sure that would have happened if it involved the Maple Leafs. I, and and so and I think most of you listening to the show feel that way. Again, you can text us seven eight zero four. I do think it's easier for a Maple Leaf player to to get greater notoriety. And it's dated all the way back to when Daryl Sittler played for the Leafs. You know. Uh, uh, Haji says, Bob, it's obvious that the Professional Hockey Writers Association uh, were searching for reasons not to vote Connor for the heart. I was shocked last night to see that some writers didn't have Connor in their top five. I have to question the credibility of a hockey writer who doesn't think that McDavid is one of the five top five MVPs in the NHL. Having the players select Matthews over McDavid can only be explained at McDavid tolerance. If you ask each of the players who they'd rather have in the team, it has to be 90% Connor. If McDavid's line mates hit the league average in shooting percentage, I think that Connor hits 150 points. Uh, would that have been enough to garner some more votes from Haji? We brought the numbers out, and people, people like, I don't want to... It, it comes down to this. If you're an Oilers fan, 
you might want to hear the numbers. If you're a fan of uh, other players and that sort of thing, I will tell you that um, during the course of the season that Connor McDavid, he finished with 123 points in the regular season, and the five-on-five shot percentage when he was on the ice was 8.3%. Okay? The player he played the most was with was Yessa Pugliarvi at 57.4%. Contrary to popular opinion, he only played 22.2% of the time with Leon Dreisaitl. That was the fifth most that he played amongst Oilers uh, players, uh, uh, Oilers forwards. Um, in the case of Matthews, the Leafs shot the he finished with 106 points. The Leafs shot the puck at 11.73%. Remember, McDavid. Uh, the order shot the puck at 8.3%. So what's that? Greater than a 4% drop in shooting percentage uh, with Matthews. And now, remember, Matthews is the guy often burying some of those opportunities. And he played 73% of his time 5v5 with Marner and 74% of the time with Michael Bunny. So basically he played with two really good line mates all year long and they shot the lights out 11.73%. Here's where I tell you in the two previous years when McDavid and Drysaddle won the MVPs back-to-back years uh, in both years that those guys won the MVPs the team shot the pocket over 11% in the respective years that McDavid and Drysaddle were on the ice 5v5. It's a big factor and I think that Haji makes a valid point in you know if, if McDavid has well you know what take a look at what the Oilers did in the playoffs 33 and 32 points and I bet you they're over 15% shooting percentage when they're on the ice come playoff time and I bet you the Leafs losing in seven to Tampa those top guys for Toronto probably were not at I don't even have to look it up I can tell you that's what happened I got a lot of respect like Matthews is a hell of a player I think he's supplanted Patrick Kane as the best American player in the world I think Connor's the best player in the league and I don't think Leon Dreisaitl gets enough credit for what he does. Now, that said, I personally believe a lot has changed as a result of the playoffs. I think the playoffs woke up a lot of people. I will tell you this. There's a couple things. When you go to Toronto, we all there is a sense that any other market in Canada outside of Toronto, with the, and I'll exclude Montreal from this because there's a historic thing between Toronto and Montreal and the fact that the Canadians have won a lot more than the Leafs. But I think that they see, you know, Winnipeg, Edmonton, Calgary, and Vancouver as outposts. Some of the media, not all of the media, but some of the media see it that way. I also think if you're a beat writer and you got to bang out a post-game story, you're working on that story and you're not always focused on what's happening after your game. Whereas in our case, when we drive into, I'm listening on satellite radio to whatever's on, and then when we get into the media room before a game, we're watching other NHL games before the Oilers play for a 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock start. And I'll even tell you this. uh, We've had a couple coaches that have uh, basically come from Toronto to be, you know, coaches in the Oilers organization. I, I can tell you there was one of them. I'm not sure if he really knew the full depth of the Oilers organization. Okay. And in fact, you know, Ken Holland came in, brought in a couple management, you know, uh, head pro and head amateur scout. Did they know the Oilers as well as they knew Detroit? No. That comes with the territory. I think it's easier when you go from west to the east because those games are in front of you when you're in the west. You're watching those 5 o'clock games when you're 7 o'clock puck drop. I think most of you get that. 
And I also think it might make you a little bit more knowledgeable about the league as hockey fans because you are watching those early games. Whereas for a lot, not all, but for a lot of the people that are maybe in in Ontario, the focus is on Toronto. But after the game, are they, you know, are they watching the orders of the Flames or the Jets or, or Vancouver? I don't know if they do. What do you think? You tell me. Maybe I'm completely out to lunch. Bob, let Toronto have it. The cup is all that matters. Well, the Leafs haven't won a cup since I was one. <laughs> they haven't won a cup since 1967. They won a playoff series since Austin Matthews was six. And I think we're damn lucky to get uh, McDavid on... Uh, 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 McDavid Bob, I'm uh, Randy in Calgary says, Bob, surprised that Matthews didn't win the Vezina in the Calder last night. What a job. Well, I will tell you, I like Michael Bunting uh, finishing third. I guess he had a heck of a year, but that's an old rookie. So the Leafs, and they are a really important team, and Matthews is a hell of a player. I'm a little surprised Marner ended up getting the uh, you know first all-star team. Maybe they have to change how they do the all-stars and just la- list the three best forwards. And that's how you make up your first all-star team. Get rid of the left-wing, right-wing delineation. Because a lot of guys play center at some times, and other times they end up at left-wing. Maybe they need to do that. David Staples, and again, if you're thinking, ah, you're whining, you're the Edmonton guy, well, there you go. Uh, Bob, the Oilers haven't won a cup since I was minus one, dating back to 1990. Well, that still ain't 1967, bud. Uh... Marner was the highest scoring four in the NHL after January, Bob. There you go. You should recuse yourself, Bob. You're on the Oilers payroll. Well, here's the difference. I actually say I'm with the Oilers Entertainment Group, right? So do you know who who's a big part of Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment? Just go draw the line there and take a look at where Rogers and TSN fits in that as well, where Bell and Rogers fits in. You might find it interesting. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Kevin Robertson. David Staples coming back with the Cult of Hockey. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.